Hey ladies and gents, welcome to our E3 Predictions Podcast. Today we're covering EA. With me as always, I have Jordan. Wakanda forever! <laughs> and uh, returning guest, Chris. How's it going, Chris? What's up? Uh, we have no Dom uh, for this podcast. We will have his predictions at the end, but he will not be joining us in conversation. He uh, just couldn't bear the fact of talking about uh, EA Star Horse games. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he just wasn't able to make it. Um, yeah, so we're going to be covering it the way we usually do with some slight variations. Uh, I guess we'll just hop into it. Um, so the way we start is we usually talk about last year's conference and what that means for this year's conference. So last year they opened up with Madden 18. They actually opened up with the Long Shot trailer, if you guys remember that. Um, which was really surprising for uh, fans of Madden. I'm a huge Madden guy. I think I've sunk probably close to a thousand hours in Madden 18. It's just one of those games that I go back to and play whenever I have free time. I just love the game of football, period. Um, so they opened with the long shot trailer. We've never had a story mode in Madden like this. We've had um, like create a character kind of things where you would play loosely through like your franchise controlling that specific character. There's never really like a, a narrative surrounding that. Um, when Longshot came out with the game's release, it uh, actually was received positively well. People were surprised that a Madden game could have a, a narrative that was as good as it was. Um, with Madden 19, so far the only thing we know is that T.O. is the uh, cover athlete for the Hall of Fame edition, which is a very interesting choice. Um, not Terrell only because Owens they chose for the uninitiated. Exactly. Not only because they chose Terrell Owens, but they chose him in his Cowboys uniform, um, which, which is, is really a lot interesting. Of, yeah. yeah, which is going to get a lot of Niners fans upset about that. Um, but what I, want to, what I want to know from you guys is, do you think we're going to see a sequel to Longshot? Um, because we have seen a sequel to the Alex Hunter story in FIFA games. Are we going to see a sequel to Longshot? And um, what else do you expect them to show for Madden 19 this year? Because it was really short last year. We just got the Longshot thing, and then we didn't hear about Madden again until later in the show when they were talking about Xbox One X, right? So what can you guys expect from Madden 19 at the conference this year? Uh, I'd expect a regular cover, like I'd find out who is, who's actually going to be on the on the cover aside from the Hall of Fame edition. So yeah. I, I would think that they would kind of announce mm. whoever that's going to be. Um, that'd be a big presentation for sure. That long shot was something they did. I don't know if they expected it to be as good as it was, and I they would be a fool to not have it in because that was the talk of Madden uh, 18 was the, the the long shot. So I, I think they don't go away from that. Yeah, the, the cover I think. From... Sorry, go ahead, Jordan. I was just going to say, from the outside looking in, it does seem like uh, Longshot was, uh, to me, it seemed much more interesting and uh, just more well done than the, what did you say his name was for FIFA? Alex Hunter. Alex Alex Hunter. Yeah. You don't know my name yet, but you will. Yeah, Jared. Um, Jared. Last year, did they make the Hall of Fame edition earlier than the other edition? Because this year, the Hall of Fame comes out on the seventh, and then the regular edition comes out on the tenth. Did they do that last year? Yeah. So basically, what happens is with the Hall of Fame edition, um, you get access to the game early through EA Access. Uh, okay. The interesting thing is, obviously, EA Access isn't. It's only on PC through Origin, and it's on Xbox. PS4 doesn't have EA Access, so I don't know how they handle that. If just when you pre-order, you get early access to it. But the way it works for um, on Xbox and PC is that through e- the EA Access or Origin, you get access to it um, if you pre-order the Hall of Fame edition. 
Um, and the way it works for EA Access is even if you don't pre-order that uh, edition, you get a 10-hour trial of the game. That's like the fully unlocked mm -hmm. version of the game early as well. So say you just buy the $60 version and you have EA Access on Xbox, you get to play 10 hours of the game, achievements unlock, all of your stuff saves, um, and then when the game releases, you get it fully unlocked forever, obviously. Um, yeah, it's See, the thing I love... The thing I love about Madden is, uh, you know, it's so realistic, but the thing that I dislike about Madden is just that, to me, it should be a games of service. Like, this should be something that just updates rosters and makes minor changes, because the minor the changes in Madden typically aren't big, so what, that's why the long shot thing, to me, stands out, because it was, like, taking a leap, as opposed to... Not really a leap, I mean, they did it in FIFA, but a, it, it's something different, as opposed to the incremental changes that they typically make year over year. Yeah, and that's the tough thing with releasing a new game every year, it's because... You know, a lot of people like to joke that it's the same game every year. It's not. They do make improvements, but it's hard to see those improvements if you're picking it up every year because they're not as drastic, right? Whereas if you, like, play Madden one year and you skip maybe three years, then you'll actually see the real changes. Um, the games of service topic has been talked about with Madden and other games. Um, I, you know, from a consumer standpoint, you would love for that to happen. From a monetary business standpoint, why would they ever do that, you know, when they can sell a $60 game sure. every year? What I would sure. love for them to do is that, and I, I think maybe uh, Call of Duty could possibly do this, though it's in the apples to apples, but what I would love is, is if Longshot Mode was included in your purchase of the full $60 game, but it was also sold standalone, because I know so many people that would be interested in playing a single player for uh, a Madden-type game, but they don't necessarily want to pay $60 because they're not going to be playing any other part of the game. Um, I would really love to see it be standalone, because you don't really lose much there. The people who are buying the full version of the game still get it. Um, you know, Madden doesn't sell every year to uh, to have people play the single player mode. They sell it every year for the mutt for the Madden Ultimate Team that brings in millions of dollars. Um, so I would love if it was standalone. In terms of cover athlete, it's tough because usually it's somebody who does really well in the playoffs. Um, but a lot of those people that did well last year, they've either been on the cover or I, you know, for sake on notes, I put down Carson Wentz. The tough thing with him is though the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he was injured, um, so he it'd be weird to have him as a cover athlete because he wasn't the reason they won the Super Bowl. It was Nick Foles. Um, I wrote down Antonio Brown. He was one of the finalists the last couple of years. He's a huge name in the NFL. Uh, he's very popular. Obviously, he's a receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the last one I uh, I put down was J.J. Watt. Like J.J. Watt is one of the biggest humanitarians the NFL has ever seen. Um, he raised millions of dollars for the. Um, the hurricane that happened near Houston, and recently he paid for the funerals of the kids who lost their lives during the school shooting um, at Santa Fe High School. I forgot what city it was in, but he's a huge humanitarian. He's a poster child for the NFL. The tough thing with him and the reason he probably won't be on the cover is because they rarely put defensive players, um, which is unfortunate because like defense is my favorite part about football, but I digress. Um, I guess that's enough is... for Madden. Is Santa Fe High School not in Santa Fe? No, it's not in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's uh, a different Santa Fe in Texas. Interesting. Yeah, I agree with the Antonio Brown because he's such a huge gamer, so that's a big deal. Like, it would be awesome to have Antonio Brown uh, on the cover. I mean, they went back-to-back -back years with with uh, Brady and Gronk, so you can't have another Patriot on the on the cover. We're we're pretty done. We're pretty much done Jeez. with that. Yeah, it's and they usually pick popularity, uh, like the very popular players. Um, you know, Drew Brees has, has been on the cover before. Odell Beckham's been on the cover before. Um, they could possibly do like Aaron Rodgers, maybe, but it, that'd be like three years in a row where there's a cover athlete for a team I don't like. So, uh, yeah. Well, they they live to please you, Jared. The only me, yeah. 
Um, I guess it's enough Madden talk. Let's hop into Battlefield. Um, so obviously last year they showed off some DLC for Battlefield 1. Uh, a couple of weeks ago they talked about Battlefield 5 during its reveal. And we found out some really interesting information. We found out that there was going to be no premium pass in the game, which is huge. Uh, they announced that all post-release DLC is going to be free. Um, they announced Grand Operations, which are their big um, multiplayer sequential kind of events where you play multiple multiplayer matches in a row and they kind of tell a overarching narrative. Um, they announced the return of a co-op mode called Combined Arms. Um, they also announced that it's releasing October 19th, 2018, which is a week before Red Dead 2 and a week after Black Ops 4. Um, we also didn't see Battle Royale mode at all, but there was a quote from one of the producers of the game that stated that uh, they asked, well, where's your Battle Royale mode we were expecting to see? When he's like, you know, it's crazy. Battlefield has, like, huge maps. We have a destructible environments. We know how to handle a lot of players. It's almost as if we're fit to have a, a game mode like that. Being really cheeky about it, um, which a lot of people assumed meant that we were going to see an announcement at E3. Possibly they were saving that for E3. Um, I want to know from you guys. I know uh, before we started recording, Chris, you talked about how you're not necessarily a Battlefield guy. Um, for me, I started off as a Call of Duty guy when I was very young, and I played up until probably Black Ops 2, and I've kind of fallen out of, of Call of Duty. This Battlefield game really gets me intrigued because no premium pass is huge for me. I think not having paid DLC and not dividing your community makes it a more interesting jump in for a lot of my friends because you don't have to worry about somebody being able to afford buying a DLC and somebody not. And you guys can just jump in and play the new content when it drops. Um... And we also know that vignettes are returning. So I want to know from you guys, uh, if you guys saw the Battlefield reveal a couple of weeks ago, did it interest you? Do any of these details interest you guys in possibly persuading you to check out Battlefield 5 for the first time in a couple of years? Uh, for me, Battlefield, when I watched the... Because I watched the event, and the, yeah. the premium pass thing was a big deal. It felt like almost like a, a mea culpa for Battlefront. So they were like, you know, we kind of screwed up with the loot boxes and stuff. We're just going to go with free DLC and free everything. We're going to keep the, the, everybody together, which is kind of some of the stuff that they did at the tail or you know at Battlefront when they were giving everything away. And the battle royal thing for me specifically is let's see what Call of Duty does and like let's do it better. So whatever yeah. the, it's not it's not always first to the party. PUBG's first to the party, but Fortnite sticks around. So if a Call of Duty comes out and has a battle royal mode, but it, then uh, Battlefield comes out with something that's even better, people are going to remember Battlefield versus the Call of Duty thing. So I don't think they need to rush it. I think that they just need to take their time, worry about the first the the story mode stuff first, and also the multiplayer, and then the battle royale stuff can come later. Yeah. So if, uh, that, from that, I'm assuming that you just don't think we're going to see it at all for a good amount of time, not even before it's released. I don't even think they're going to talk about it. Like I think that they might casually mention that it's going to be part of it, but I don't think you're going to see any gameplay or anything. I don't think that they want to put that out front. I think that they want to talk about the female characters. They're going to want to talk about the fact that it's free DLC, and they're going to want to talk about the fact that they have a, a story mode. Those are the three things they're going to want to hit on because those are the three things that aren't in Call of Duty. Yeah. The thing I loved about the reveal is that it taught me so much about what other people don't know about history. <laughs> uh, we For don't need sure. to go into that. That's a whole other side conversation. But one of the funniest things is that obviously in the trailer features a woman with a prosthetic arm. Uh, and a lot of people didn't pay attention and they thought that it was a robotic arm for some reason like she was like some like hybrid <laughs> time traveler thing. yeah it's like it was obviously a prosthetic arm um jordan i know you're not huge into multiplayer games but uh with the return of vignettes and possibly this co-op mode that's you know not necessarily online is there any interest in, in battlefield 5 for you uh i can't say that there is um i could have played 
through the campaign on Battlefield 1. Uh, there's a copy floating around that I could have messed with, but I just, it didn't really interest me. I thought it was a cool concept, especially for people that are into that sort of game and into that series, but uh, I don't know, man. There's just too many games that uh, interest me so much more than um, than Battlefield, and I don't play a whole lot of first-person shooters in the first place, so um, yeah, just not really my drive. Yeah. Do you think... I will... Uh, I will s- no, sorry, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I will say, if, they, if you do see that Battle Royale mode, I have a feeling it would be on Microsoft stage. Yeah. Good point. Makes sense. Um, next up, we're going to talk about FIFA. We don't have to go long. I don't think any of us are really big soccer guys or football guys. Um, but Jordan touched on earlier, last year we saw a sequel to the Alex Hunter storyline, and it involves some weird uh, some weird stuff with like real people talking about Alex Hunter as if he was a real person. Um, we also had like those two talk show hosts. I think they were called the, the Men in Jackets or something like that. Come out and have like a little oh, comedy bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like them. I thought they were funny. They were, it was a nice change of pace from them bringing out some like eighty-year-old athlete that doesn't even want to be there. Um, what, what I wrote down here is we we all assume that the World Cup is going to be the hook, right? This year, that's going to be like the big driving force in marketing and stuff like that, right? Yeah. They yeah they came out and said that they're going to have World Cup mode, and I can't imagine they wouldn't lay heavy into that considering. Yeah, I mean World. It's funny too because. Um, you can tell the difference in uh, the United States overall interest if we're in it or not. And the male team obviously didn't qualify this time around for the World Cup, and you don't hear about it as often now, people chatting about it. Soccer is a very weird sport in the United States. It's popular, but it, it, the, the zeitgeist of like cheering for our national team is it, it's, it's very interesting. Um, is it Bill Burr that has the comedy bit about guys that are only soccer fans during the World Cup? I have no idea. That is a thing. That is good. Yeah. Um, Need for Speed Payback was announced last year. It had that interesting little demo where we saw on the highway, uh, the guy chased down this truck, and he was having to dodge these cars and knock out, I think they called them the house. So it was like kind of like the casino house, kind mm. of trying to take him down. And he drove up next to the the cargo of the cargo truck, and the lady got on top, jumped in, got the car, and it kind of like switched perspective. And you drove off with the super the super sports car in the opposite direction. Uh, that game came out to not very good critical reception. Um, not at all. It's mm-hmm. actually one of the lowest reviewed Need for Speed games in the last like ten years. Uh, through doing my research and stuff for the show, what I want to know from you guys, you know, Need for Speed started off as this like racing franchise that people loved, right? With Need for Speed Underground and a lot of those other titles. And it seems like slowly over the course of time, it's kind of faded into obscurity. Uh, we have the likes of obviously Forza Horizon and Forza Motorsport and Gran Turismo and even the crew, and we have all these racing franchises now. Will Need for Speed like ever be great again? I, I don't expect us to get an, an announcement at E3 because obviously Need for Speed Payback came out last year, but I don't know from you guys, will we ever see a Need for Speed game that comes out to like high critical reception? Jared, I will say make Need for Speed great again because oh um, it... Payback was a major, major disappointment. Um, and especially when Ghost had made two great Need for Speed games right before that with Rivals and then the 2015 Need for Speed. Um, and I've talked about their pedigree with formerly making Burnout games. And um, so I have a lot of love for that studio and their first, first two games. But Payback was just such a step backwards. Um, 
you know, definitely a lot of gameplay situations uh, bent around the microtransaction system. Definitely a lot of just bad choices in general that don't really didn't even have anything to do with microtransactions. Having to wait for things to renew uh, or the, the timer to, to end so that you could buy a new part for your car or whatever. They took out the part where in the previous two games you'd be driving around the world and there's other players inhabiting your world online. Um, you know, kind of like a Destiny or something like that. And uh, honestly, those were really the only times I played multiplayer uh, because it would be so much fun to just roll up next to somebody, tap R1, and then if they accept, you guys are immediately racing. Um, and then for whatever fucking reason, on Payback, they decided to make that stuff a completely separate mode that you had to back out of your single-player yeah. campaign to get into. So, um, yeah, Payback is... is just bad. Payback's just bad. Um, and I didn't like the way the driving handled either, which is obviously pretty much the most important part of a racing game. So um, we won't see one this year because uh, they're on a two-year cycle, but nonetheless, uh, they got a long way to go. And, you know, it wouldn't totally surprise me if the next uh, racing game that EA released and that maybe Ghost... Uh, creates is back to burnout because it seems like the burnout paradise remaster was very successful so and i'd obviously be totally fine with that yeah it's it's hard having two it, racing games is such a niche to begin with and so to have like two out i mean obviously forza is the standard at least it is now and there yeah. i don't know what they could do that turn 10 hasn't done yet in a game to make people want to leave forza and move over back to need for speed so uh, they'd have to do something. They'd have to like kind of God of War it and like literally just revamp yep. the whole entire yep. thing yep. and yep. change it. Yeah, it's like almost every major publisher now has a racing game too. So it seems like back when Need for Speed was in its in its greatness, it was untouchable, you know. And over the course of time, it just everybody seems to be doing it better or different. And Need for Speed seems to be stuck in this this same like revolving set of mechanics and interests like there's nothing ever new it's like oh you expect that from a new need for speed announcement you know what i mean um they had the weird like actually, stuff in the last one too right yeah i disagree with that because i think they're trying too much new stuff they're trying too hard uh to like make some cool fresh take on it without actually going full god of war um mm -hmm. because yeah rivals was just a really solid open world racing game uh, really with a lot of Burnout Paradise DNA in there. And then, uh, yeah, 2015 Need for Speed is like this weird, like you said, FOV um, story mode where this guy's got a fucking GoPro on his head talking to these loser-ass motherfuckers. Um, and then this game, they're basically trying to put a story mode where it's kind of like a Fast and the Furious type of deal. And um, it, just, it just hasn't been working. And, I mean... I totally agree. You should probably go the God of War route because making something like Rivals, which is it's a really solid racing game, is probably not going to work. But that was the last one that was truly fucking awesome. Um, and I, so yeah, I think they're trying too hard to be fresh and new, and they're basically just turning into gimmicks. They yeah. could do something really fresh and special if they tried to Far Cry it with a Need for Speed. Like if you have like that element of being able to do like some crazy stuff that is just yeah. like hey we're just gonna go out instead of being super realistic like forza is let's just go outrageous and go crazy well, and i think people would be buy-in you know what that sounds like chris it sounds like a burnout game 
Burnout, burnout, sounds like burnout. There you go. Yeah. And but I go. will say that was kind of Ghost's thing. Like I said, they used to be Criterion uh, burnout developers. So there's a lot of burnout DNA in these Need for Speed games. But hell, at this point, you know, it's gone kind of topsy turvy. I say just you know with the Paradise remaster, just bring. Bring out a new burnout and see how that goes. And yeah, make it fucking insane. Make sure there's a crash mode because people really didn't like that that was uh, not in paradise. And yeah, I would totally make it a far cry with cars type of deal um, and just blow that shit out. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about EA Originals now. Um, we have one we're going to talk about later in the show that's uh, a title that was already unveiled as part of the program. Um, but recently we had a way out that came out to positive reception. Obviously it was Joseph Ferrer's game from Haze Light. And we had Fea, uh, which came out to lukewarm reception. A lot of people didn't really like the game. Um, they're already both released. We've heard rumors of Unravel 2 being in development for the last couple of years. Do we see any new entries to this program? Or do we just expect maybe Unravel 2 and the game we're going to be talking about later? Like, do you see them unveiling a host of games, maybe just one or two more, or is that too much to expect? I would more be more apt to see something that kind of like Microsoft does, where they rattle off like four or five games that they don't really give tit- titles to, but they show it in a montage yeah. that gets people super excited, which is kind of what they do. I, they got to lean heavy into Ferris. He's, right now, a way out hit for them, and also he's a hit with people. So they're going to lean heavy into him, and he, and uh, it might be something I talk about a little bit later, but I, I think they lean really heavy into that, and I for sure think Unravel is their big show uh, for this E3. Yeah, he's like managed chaos, right? He He's very good at like viral marketing in a way that isn't super damaging to the brand, but it does cause a little bit of controversy, you know, with this whole sure. fuck Oscars tirade, which is interesting, but it's not him doing something like crazy. Uh, I want to talk about Joseph Ferris and Hazelight later on in the show, so I don't want to go too much into that. Um, but Jordan, do you think like we even, do you think people want an Unravel 2? It seems like an odd sequel. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I, I know the first one was kind of wishy-washy, but I can totally see that, uh, developer guy, uh, with his little puppet coming back on stage and (laughs) being a cute little European man that he is. Uh, so, uh, people fucking loved him about as much as they loved, uh, Mr. Ferris. So. Um, I could definitely see that being the case. Uh, see, Unravel 2 reminds me a lot of like Ori and the Blind Forest. It's like, ah, this is yeah. a really good game. I don't really know if we need a sequel. Eh, there's a sequel. I'm not really too mad about it, but I don't know if I'll go out and buy it right Oh, away. man. Sure. I, I wouldn't put those two in the same camp at all. Yeah, Ori <laughs> is well revered. Like, Ori is, I mean, just from an, an art design standpoint, I think stands, I think Unravel is very much mediocre and, uh, yeah, I, I would not put those two in the same camp. That hurt, hurts my heart, Chris. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the next part I want to talk about, we don't have to go into it because it's it was just a weird announcement for the conference. They announced Seed, uh, and they, they market a Seed division, which is weird because division is in the acronym. Um, so Seed stands for <laughs> Search for Extraordinary Experiences Division. This is essentially EA's uh, – experimental division obviously where they just try weird stuff they try vr they try ar um they try just weird technologies um they didn't really express how it how it works in congruence with their game titles um do you guys think we'll actually see that this year where they show how seed pays off in their games or do you think it was just a weird like 
stock stock owners announcement to be like hey we have this weird thing that we're experimenting on stuff it just didn't seem to fit into the rest of the show it, it, very odd it didn't seem to direct, directly correlate with any of their titles do you think we see yeah. more of seed this year or was that a one and done hey it exists you won't hear about it for like five years yeah i mean you know there's a lot of tech companies that have things like this google and um apple and there's it's pretty rare that stuff comes out of there that really does materialize. Um, I think we could end up seeing some, like, not that it would be like Google Glass, but Google Glass in the sense that it's kind of vaporware. Um, but, yeah, I don't necessarily know how much will materialize. If anything, I think, you know, the internal developers might get a, a game engine out of it or something like that. Yeah. A lot of times these, these uh, types of experiments are made by these big companies um, for tax incentives and government incentives and stuff like that for mm. scientific research and technology. That's a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons why these exist is because um, it allows uh, for a lot of good stuff on the financial back end. <laughs> so they're like, oh, let's gotcha. create this division where they're researching tech and doing a lot of advancements. Because even uh, like you stated, a lot of times they don't pay off into anything. But the fact that they actually exist is huge for those companies on the back end. Um, shady deals. Yeah, backdoor for sure. <laughs> Some dudes um, just dicking around in the back room. Yeah. One of the interesting parts of EA's conference last year was they were like, hey, we're recommitted to NBA. We're going to have an NBA game uh, game again this year because um, they were on hiatus for a long time. Then they had NBA Live 16, which was announced and then never came out. Um, it sold poorly, and uh, NBA Live 18, and it had drastic price cuts. I was mentioning to you guys before the show that I got it on sale for $4 uh, about two mm. months after the game released, which is Jesus. very insane. Um, last year, released at a $40 price point, and it also had an early demo where you can play the game for free. Um, I wrote on here before I found out this news, I said, does it disappear again? Um, and is EA willing to admit defeat? The problem is is that they've already announced that they have a new creative director, somebody who was formerly at Madden, working on NBA Live now, and... I want to know from you guys, do we see it again? We know it's being worked on. It'll probably be released this year, but does it take up a part of their show like uh, previous times? This It's tough because MLB The Show, 2K, uh, anything, and Madden, it's like whoever's going against any of these has an uphill battle literally from the jump. So they might be able to throw some money at it this year, but I don't think if they see if they see diminishing returns again for a second straight year, I don't, I don't think you'll see it again. I, obviously, they have a, a creative director in place, so they're going to go forward with this. So you'll hear about it a little bit. I don't think they're going to go heavy into it. But if it doesn't pale you know, this year, I think it's done. Yeah. It's tough because when those titles have that much market share and they're that well made, um, you know, they've been working on these titles for so long that they already have a groove. It's very tough for anybody to compete. Um, and it's funny because usually we see e, uh, EA as the forefront in sports with their games. Um but in terms of basketball and a couple of other franchises, they they lost out outright. Like 2K just ate their lunch, and it was it was very weird to see that transition from because for a, a long time NBA Live was the one to beat when it came to basketball games, and probably around 2007 2008 is when 2K started taking the reins away from them, and over the course of time, people just bought into 2K because of the realism and what they offered players. Um, I agree with you. I think they'll obviously give it another year. But if they see the poor sales that they saw this year, I don't think they go for it again. 
the fact that I was able to buy a brand new EA game for four dollars two to a little over two <laughs> months after its release is awful. That's that's awful. And that's worse than like or- order eighteen eighty six on PlayStation was like twenty dollars six months later. So yeah, it's worse than Andromeda. And Andromeda had crazy price cuts as well. It's yeah. it's not it's not good. And they obviously put money into it. Um, so. Yeah, NBA Live is in a very weird place, and I could easily see it coming out, and then we uh, it disappears again. Who knows? Um, Jared, yeah. the other hard part about that is that licensures, because you're paying for licensures with these NBA teams. Yeah. So like you're you're not you're paying in the front end on that, and then you're losing money on the back end on top of whatever you're putting in as far as R and D. It's just it you're losing a ton. ton exactly. Of yeah. Why are they not just like conceding that ground? I guess they just EA with such a big ego that they can't handle it, but. Yeah, they've got to be losing money. Well, the reason they don't have a competitor for Madden is because they own the NFL license. And I think it's just EA being like, you know, FIFA makes us so much money. Madden makes us so much money. We can get an NBA live game to sell and do well. And it's crazy that it not only didn't sell well, but remember 2K released last year to some weird microtransaction issues. Like there was some weird stuff going on at 2K and it still destroyed NBA live. Um, It's yeah, they're in a tough predicament. Um, I don't think some people thought that they might make a crazy, a crazy move and like cut the price even more than forty dollars. I don't know if they could financially do that. I think at some point when you when you make it too cheap, people are like, well, yeah, it's cheap because it's not as good of a game as two K, right? Which is tough because from their perspective, they want to make it cheap. So people are like, oh, it's the cheaper basketball game. Let me buy it. But that doesn't always work for people. They're in a very weird place with that franchise and. Yeah, like Chris said, I could easily just seeing it disappear again in a year or so. Um, now it comes to the point where we talk about uh, a game that is uh, <laughs> not doing so well in terms of fan perspective and another game that people are kind of excited for. So Battlefront 2. We don't need to get into, into everything that happened with Battlefront 2. By this point, if you're listening to a gaming podcast on the internet, you know what happened with Battlefront 2. Um, but what I want to know from you guys is, in terms of them adding new content are we going to be seeing any new dlc announcements obviously we had the solo dlc announcement um that came out with the release of the movie um i want to know if you guys expect any more dlc for this game or if ea makes some like big fan oriented move to get in the good graces of people um more so than what they did with removing the macro transactions or whatever and obviously putting them back in later like what do you expect from for, from the future of battlefront 2 are we is this solo dlc the last thing we see and then it just kind of rides off into the sunset I would think so. Yeah. I don't think there's anything com- there's nothing coming up at the pipeline uh, for Star Wars as far as events are concerned. I don't think they want to throw any more money into this, and they'd rather just go into the next iteration of whatever it's going to be. Um, I think they need to be super cautious because the loot box thing burned them. They also have to be super cautious because they got yelled at for not having a story, then they got yelled at for not having a great story. So maybe they just take a year and relax and dive heavy into that story for next year when Star Wars is coming out again and kind of make that push then. Yeah, and also D- uh, Dice is moving full full bore into Battlefield Five, so a lot of that team is going to be over there, not necessarily working on Battlefront Two either. Um, sure. Yeah, very strange. Yeah. Anything about Battlefront Two, Jordan? You want to talk about? I pretty much just agree with that. I think I'm good. <laughs> uh, so, this is probably the the shining beacon for EA in terms of fan positivity and interest. Um, Anthem. So last year we saw the initial reveal of Anthem. We got a brief little tease of the title, and they said we'd see more at Xbox's stage. And on Xbox's stage is where we got the uh, gameplay reveal. Uh, we obviously saw kind of the 
we saw the character in a city, little a fortified city, little area. We saw them choose which shoot they were going to go out in. We learned some details of, you know, it's not going to be class based in, in the, the way Destiny is, where each character is a different class. The suit you take out on your journey is a different class. Um, so there's obviously quicker ones and more tank based suits. Uh, we saw them go into this sprawling world. Obviously, things can change development, so don't take everything there as fact. Take it with a grain of salt. But we did see this really cool dynamic fight between a, uh, a, cre a big creature and some smaller creatures. Uh, we saw you go and go underwater, and you saw like some underwater areas that you could explore, which is um, something that differentiates it from uh, you know the likes of Division or Destiny. Obviously, that's a huge talking point we're going to have is how does this separate itself from those games? Um, we know it's coming out March 2019. Uh, Blake Jorgensen in a, fi uh, a financial stock call basically said it's coming out the last month of Q uh, of Q4 of this financial year, which would be March 2019. Um, and I just have some questions for you guys. Is the trailer going to be a cinematic along with gameplay, or do they save the gameplay for Microsoft stage? Um, how do they build on its initial reveal? And like I said before, what do they hold for Microsoft stage? Because... We saw that deal last year pan out. We're probably going to see it again. I want to know how they split up what they're showing everybody. Yeah, I think... I hope this game comes out uh, early 2019 when they're saying it does because um, Bioware has had its fair share of troubles. And um, it seems like they've got the right team and the right uh, leads with Casey Hudson at the helm and... Uh, Drew Carp Carpition wrote it, so um, he's got a great pedigree as far as Bioware storytelling goes. Um, I'm definitely not going to say that I have no worries about this game, because I do. And like I said, uh, Bioware's been through a tumultuous time, but um, I've still got hopes. And if it's even if it's just like Bioware Destiny in a way... Um, I think it'll still uh, be interesting enough for me to give it a try. Yeah. I have a lot of concerns about this game. <laughs> I like Is it visually going to look like it did last year? Or is it going to mm. be completely different? Because um, if we have like a division type, hey, it used to look like this, but now we've had to like, you know, really revamp the, the looks in order to get it out by, you know, March of 2019. That could be a, a problem. It, what kind of modes are there? Are there loot boxes? Is Bioware prepared for everything that Bungie's having to deal with in a, a Destiny-like game? Uh, are they able to do online multiplayer in a way that is progressive or different than they did with Mass Effect? There's a lot of like wide-open questions, and if they don't have some version of gameplay of this game at this E3, this game is not coming out in March of 2019. Yeah, They have to be able to show gameplay. Um, I, I, I understand the concerns. I think all of them are, are really substantiated. For me, um, I enjoyed my time with Destiny 2, but I'm tired of the false promises that Bungie goes on and on about. I'm tired yeah. of them resetting everyone's progress from Destiny 1 and and basically removing features that made the overall game better. It's, the whole situation with Destiny as a franchise has me burned to the point that I'm excited because Bioware is a studio I trust. 
Um, obviously, this is the main line Bioware team. This isn't the team that did Andromeda. There's a lot of resources getting pushed behind this in a way that Andromeda didn't have. Um, they were just kind of forcing that thing out the door, fitting a, uh, you know, a square block into a round hole. I do think there are a lot of concerns because when you make a game like this, you're correct, Chris. Is it going to have the post, uh, the the post-launch content that we need to have? Is it going to have enough content at launch to justify people paying for it? There's a lot of things that come with these type of games that have people concerned, and I think Destiny and Bungie have really showcased what those issues are. Um, it's it's tough. I think a lot of the things that, in terms of multiplayer, I think they're going to nail that. I think the, the big issue is going to be how microtransactions are implemented. From what I've seen from Jonathan Warner, who's the game director, he's been pretty open on Twitter talking to people. Um, and he's, he seems like he knows what's going on with the game industry and what they need to um, you know, kind of avoid. That being said, they have a deadline to meet. And there comes a point where you have to make sacrifices to get the game out the door. And there are going to be sacrifices in this game. It just I want to see what those sacrifices are exactly. But I am, I am on the excited side of this um, because... Just seeing somebody else try to tackle that space, I think Destiny's owned that space for too long. Obviously, we have the Division Two coming out as well, but um, in terms of like sci-fi, like pure space sci-fi, I just want to see what Bioware can deliver because they're one of my favorite studios. And uh, yeah, I it's I agree with you. If they don't show gameplay, this game isn't coming out in uh, March of 2019. But in terms of what they save for Microsoft, do you think they save the gameplay reveal for Microsoft? Or do, you, do you think they save, like, maybe a boss encounter or something bigger for Microsoft, but they have a good gameplay demo at EA? I would think that they would mm. save either a, spe a specific mode or something for Microsoft, something okay. that's unique to whatever Microsoft's going to do. Yeah. Um, just quickly to follow up on your point really quickly, um, Bioware's also talked and, and left uh, hints about Dragon Age. Uh, Bungie and Massive simply deal with that game and that game only. That's yeah. the part that scares me. If Bioware is d diversifying where how much time they're spending on this game, are they really worried about this game being a Destiny-like game, or is it just another Bioware game? I I think it's... The way Casey Hudson talked about it, I think it's in pre-pro Dragon Age. I don't think it's necessarily like them full bore on it. The way EA is talking about... The, the way this game... The, the way they're talking about this game is it seems like EA is putting a lot of resources behind it. It seems like a lot of, of Bioware is working on this game. It's it's tough. Um, I do think, though, that there's a fine line you have to walk there with... You should be cautiously worried about games like this because of what's happened with Destiny. But I do think in the same sense you should be hopeful that maybe somebody can come out and fix those errors. Maybe it's, maybe it's Bungie uh, that comes out with Destiny 3 and fixes their own errors. Maybe it's Bioware with Anthem. Maybe it's Massive with Division 2. But... I really want to have a game in this genre come out that actually hits on the promises they say they're going to. And that's one thing with Anthem is they haven't really made a lot of those promises. Um, and it, though they're they're pitching it as a big franchise, they're not doing the thing that Destiny did when it originally came out where this is a 10-year game. And they went on and on about all of these promises. And I think that's something that they're avoiding for good reason. Um, but... Yeah, I do think that there's a lot to be worried about, but I do think there's a lot to be optimistic about, too. I'm, I am I love Bioware. I love the feel of this game. Um, for me personally, with, like, Destiny, Chris, I... Obviously, it's cool that there's multiple classes. I hate having to go through and 
kind of level up and grind a character and like back out and pick a different character. I like the idea of my class being tied to my suit personally. I think that's really interesting. If that's executed right, I think that's really cool. Um, because it, it lets you pick a different playstyle without having to necessarily create a whole other character and start the game again and all this stuff, right? You just possibly just purchase another suit and learn the ins and outs of that. Um, I don't know how you feel about the classes in Destiny. They're fine. I don't think they're bad or anything, but I do like this approach of the suit being your class as opposed to the character you create. I'm just more interested in if it's a character that I can stick with as opposed to one I have to give up or one that I have to grind three different characters. I want to be able to grind one character and that be my character so that I like I feel a connection to it, I guess. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting too because we know obviously Bioware is strong in RPG mechanics. So I want to know what the, the, the dividing factor is between your character that you level up yourself, right? And you have probably like a, like a skill tree or stuff like that. And you're probably going to upgrade your suits as you use them. So I want to see what that dividing line is. Like what do I earn for my player no matter what suit I'm wearing? And what are the improvements like from suit to suit? Um, and what are the customizations op options like? So uh, the, I'll just call it the Strider suit. I don't think that's what it's called, but like the, the quicker suit. I want to know how much I can differentiate my quick suit from your quick suit, right? And how much mm -hmm. it can it can benefit our own unique play styles um, and how deep that goes. I do like the fact that you can go underwater and there's like stuff there. It seems like there's a lot of depth. Um, we're, we still aren't, are unsure whether or not this is a game taking place on a singular planet, which it kind of seems like, or if it's taking the Destiny approach where there's multiple planets. Um, and that changes development too, right? Uh, if you're focusing on one giant planet, I don't know if that makes it easier or harder than making other play spaces on other planets. Um, yeah, I'm, I just want to see a lot more about this game. I don't know if you're in that same boat, Chris, of... I just want to see more of this game. I just whether it's going to be good or bad. I just want a blow of this. Whether it's on Microsoft Stage or EA, I just want to know a lot more about this game than we currently know. What do you think? Yeah, this is their golden goose. Like they they need they they've put all their horses onto this stable. So like they really need to come out heavy with Anthem. Um, yeah. I think they need to answer a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions, and if they don't answer them, it's going to leave more questions, which is going to yeah. cause a lot more problem for this game. Yeah, I want. Um, Deep I wanna, RPG mechanics, and I want a strong story. Hopefully, if they, you know, stick with uh, what I'm assuming is a good story that Drew Carpishan wrote, and uh, kind of get back to their roots as far as um, what you're talking about earlier, the RPG mechanics that they're known for, Jared. Um, I think that'll definitely be something that interests me. Well, and the fact that it's third person interests you a lot more too, because I know you're really into third sure. person. Which yep. I think is huge because that differentiates it just off the bat from Destiny where in Destiny yeah. you're third person in cities, first person when you're actually playing. This seems like it's going to be third person when you're playing, first person in cities. And I think that lends well to, and we can assume that, I, I, I don't know if they haven't you know confirmed that or not. Um, but for me, when you're in a city and you're actually engaging with NPCs that you want to talk to you, I think first person plays a lot better for that. I think that actually partially lends to the fact that a lot of the side characters in Destiny when you're in those hubs don't really feel like much other than filler lines. Um, I, I like the differential there between it being third person. Where do you sit on that, Chris? I don't know if you're a huge first person versus third person guy, but does that make it different enough off the bat for you to make it slightly interesting? Yeah, I, 
I don't like first-person shooters to begin with. I mean, Destiny okay. is just like a, like something obscure for me that that has my interest. But third-person for sure. I think one of the biggest clamors for Destiny was get more third-person into it because people liked it when they could actually see their character because then you can see all of their yes. their you, all, all of you can see everything that you own. Like it's like, hey, I want to look good. Well, I don't want to look good to everybody else, but not to myself. I want to be able to see what I look right. like, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think that I think that that's what the division had. And now they're building upon it. I think what Anthem has going in its favor is the division is a completely different type of game. We're talking about on Earth, blah blah blah, versus where this is, which is more Destiny-like. Yep. So I think it's going to differentiate itself that way, which helps it because they're going to be coming out probably within a same period of time. I have a question just for like you. To say, real Go quick, ahead, just in general, for games that you that have parts in third person and parts in first person. Why am I not just allowed to switch? Like, why am I not? Why is this not like a Battlefront or a Skyrim situation where you, I just hit the D-pad and switch? Like, Deus Ex has uh, first person, and then as soon as you uh, lock into cover, then you're in third person. You know, you're saying Destiny in the city, you're third person, and then out in the field, you're first. Like, well, you you obviously programmed it both ways, so why not just let me choose? Yeah, uh, Chris, for somebody who's played a lot of Destiny, and Destiny Two. Uh, what is the one like wow thing that could happen for you like when, when anthems announced what's the one thing that you would be like oh wow i didn't see that coming and that's awesome for them to showcase wow um i think if they came out with something that was very user friendly right off the get-go in their pvp versus their single player stuff i think that would be a, a go-getter for them i think if they can take what they had in mass effect as far as their multiplayer and make that convert somehow over to anthem but better i think that would be a nice wow factor for them and would take them a step above but they've got to be able to uh, to manipulate that because of players i mean there are things that people have to nerf and not nerf and they have to be aware of that and be able to be on it at all times yeah it's going to be tough i'm excited to see it though whether it meets expectations or not i'm I still can't wait to see the reveal. Let's get into lingering questions and speculation, though, for EA. Uh, so the first thing, we were talking about EA Originals earlier. Um, this game, a lot of people don't know exists. So though it has been confirmed for the EA Originals program, I think it coming out with a trailer could do just as well as a way out, and that's Sea of Solitude. So it's developed by Joe May Games. Uh, it's the second EA Original that was actually ever announced a- after Unravel. Um, it's an exploration adventure game set to release on PC, Xbox One, PS4, uh, for me personally, the easy way to give you the art style is Ryan meets The Witness. Um, Chris, you also said before the show, uh, you threw in uh, Inside as well as, can't remember the other game you said. Um, Last Guardian. Last Guardian, because of the, some of the monsters that emerge. Um, yep. The game, the game centers around you exploring an abandoned, submerged city. And a lot of the uh, promotional art for this game basically shows you a lot of uh, mystery under the water. And I think that's going to be a huge thing. Um, some of the parts of it seem horror game-esque to some extent of like these weird creatures coming out when you least expect it. Um, do you think, obviously we don't know a whole lot about this game, do you think this could have the same praise that A Way Out did? Because remember, A Way Out was one of these saving graces of EA's conference last year. It really caught people off guard and people were really excited about it. Do you think Sea of Solitude has a chance to do that or do you see this as maybe a smaller game like uh, Fea or Unravel where people are, are enjoyed by what they see but it doesn't have the same oomph that A Way Out does? Hmm. Uh, do they they own this game outright? Correct, because Hazelight Studios was the, all EA got out of that was just being a producer. They didn't get they gain any money out of that. They, it was they were just basically there out of goodwill. That's every EA original title. 
Everything wow, that's under so EA Original, they don't earn any money off of. They basically re- recoup the cost for publishing it. Once that, mm-hmm. that, that set amount is met, literally all profit goes to the developer. EA doesn't get anything from it. And that's for the entire program, yeah. So they don't have they don't gain anything by highly touting games. Good they can faith, showcase I guess. Them. Yeah. Good faith, but that's about it. But there's no there's no like post per you know, like, hey, let's put this out on T V, let's get this out and so that's interesting. I think a lot of it will have to do with the studio itself then. When I what I saw of the game looked really great for like alpha stuff. Maybe yeah. beta stuff. But like that's all and it was like a really like the character I think was completely black. Like there was like almost like a good like almost like the the dark tones of uh, inside um, at first. So I don't know if they're going to you know make the character a little bit different or if they're going to change the character. If that's kind of the structure they're going to be keeping with. So I don't know. It looks good. It looked like it interesting, but that's about it at this point. Yeah. Also, with the rest of everything in their show, it's a, it's a lot of uh, violence and loud noises. I think this could be a nice little subtle tone change in the middle of the show. Um, and maybe start with like a, a very like nice melodic song or something like that before we actually see the trailer come in. Um, I know you don't know too much about it, Jordan, but from what we've said, does Sea of Solitude interest you at all? Do you want to see what this game looks like on, on EA Stage? So, unfortunately, I'm at the point uh, with, I hate to generalize, but just indie games as a whole where uh, in order for me to consider playing your game, even if I get it through PlayStation Plus, uh, it's going to have to show me something very special and unique. Um, games like, uh, well, you know, I will say I'm, I'm definitely locked into certain indie developers. Uh, Supergiant released Pyre last year. Uh, that's an example of somebody that I'm going to be following either way. But they're also an example of an indie game that was very unique with it being this hybrid almost dating simulator even though it's not about dating it's like a visual novel type of thing um, and then the other half of the game you're playing like a, a hybrid of basketball in some sense um, so if they show me something like that where I'm really uh, taken aback and um, just surprised it's something that I haven't seen before in an indie game because I think we can at least agree that um, there's a lot of sameness in a lot of the indie games that's uh, Faya, I guess is how you pronounce it. That's exactly what it looks like to me. Just another little dinky run around as a cute little character with a cool art style um, indie game. And I think that's what Unravel was. Um, obviously A Way Out was something different, but I'm not into multiplayer games, so that didn't grab me. Um, so yeah, I think in order for this uh, to really take a spot on my watch list, it's going to have to be very special. Let's uh let's hop into the Star Wars block now. Um, a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, so, the first thing I want to get out of the way because I think this is the one that uh is the most interesting. Uh, whether we you know go over it really quickly or not. Um, so EA Vancouver is actually handling handling Visceral's game. Obviously, we heard the whole fallout last year with Jason Schreier mm-hmm. about the Visceral working on this game and uh, the them getting shut down. Um, yeah, a lot of people thought this game was canceled, possibly. No, EA Vancouver took over the whole project. Um, literally the game that Visceral was working on. Um, there had been rumors that they're changing into something different, possibly. Um, what I want to know from you guys, because we don't have to harp on it too long, is there a chance at all we see this game, or do you think it goes dark until it's actually done? Do you think EA doesn't even want you to think about that Visceral game because of all of the bad PR last year? 
Um, because in terms of development, out of like the ones we know about, it it could potentially be the one that's closest to release. Then again, it's hard to tell. We'll obviously get into the other two games, but yeah, is there a chance we see this uh, former Visceral game at all? I think it's interesting because they said that the development was from across EA Worldwide Studios. They never got specific yeah. about yeah. EA Vancouver when they said it. I th- so I think that's interesting, even though they probably had Vancouver in mind when they originally you know, figured this out, that this is what they were going to do. But I, they go way dark on this. Do they make fun of themselves about loot boxes in this presentation? Probably. Do they talk about studios that they collapsed? Nope. Yeah. Like they're going <laughs> to stay real super quiet. And wait until we have something to show, because right now, I think it's a cluster F of what they actually have for this game, and they're just trying to figure out what it is they have, and then go from there. Yeah. See, I, I don't even think EA is big enough to make fun of themselves over loot boxes and microtransactions. I think their their nose is stuck so far up their own ass that they can't handle any criticism, even if it's a joke coming from themselves. And so, um, I don't think there will be any mention of that stuff. The only thing they would do is talk about how much they're, you know, working for the players and doing their best to be on the side of the players and yada, yada, yada. Um, but besides that, I would say, yeah, this game's going dark. I think we'll see the other Star Wars games before we see this one. Um, and then hopefully we will see it at E3 next year and it will be released uh, by the end of 2019 because obviously there's so much uh, vitriol towards the way they've handled that game and especially canceling or not canceling uh shutting down visceral uh which was such a great studio um i think they've got to handle this very well which is not something that ea is very good at so i think you'll or you're gonna have to wait till next year to see that game yeah i have to disagree with you in terms of them making fun of themselves i think they made fun of themselves quite a bit last year with the whole battlefront two-story situation but I do agree with you that I don't know if this game in particular is something that they'd want to make fun of or joke about, considering uh, the way the story came out. You know, with Battlefront Two, did they make player... fun of themselves? Did they oh, make yeah, fun 100%. of themselves, or were they just like, "Hey, we're gonna bring you a really great story"? Were they really just like trying to spin it on its head, like a PR move? Like, we've got we a story companies... this year, and it's gonna be worth your time. Yada yada yada. Well, yeah, they had the whole t- uh, tweet situation where, like, the screen blew up with, like, hundreds and hundreds of tweets in relation to John Boyega's tweet saying, like, where's the single-player campaign? They even made a joke at the beginning of the show saying, we, we've heard we've heard your guys' comments, whether good or constructive. Uh, like, they, they make little subtle jokes. Uh, they're not beyond that necessarily, but I do agree with you that for this game, because I, I think that's whole, all different, right? They released a game that didn't have single player, so that's a joke they can play on because it's not a mode they included. Whereas this is them shutting down a studio, and we hear from Jason Schreier, not them, about all of this, and I think it's a different yeah. tone there. So I do agree with you that they won't joke about this game, but I do disagree with you that they're above joking about themselves. Whether that's like, haha, I'm a comedian on Comedy Central, or it's PR spin jokey, I mean, it is joking right. about themselves, yeah. That I think that was what I maybe didn't get across as well. The PR spin joke is not what I'm fucking looking for. That's total bullshit. If it's somebody like, you know, Phil Spencer would come out there and legitimately make fun of himself, and I think he would, you know, really be apologetic and truly try to fix something that he fucked up really hard I think EA would just try to spin it so that they make themselves look good in the end so those are just two way different approaches and one of them I don't appreciate so 
Yeah, I think EA would definitely benefit, and this isn't part of this discussion specifically, but I think EA would benefit from like an Aisha uh, Tyler or somebody else hosting their conference instead of like the suits oh, they have. God. Because the guys they have come out, uh, Blake Jorgensen and mm. uh, I forgot the other guy's name off the top of my head, but uh, when they come out there, they're very, they try to joke, but they're so monotone in their presentation oh, that it just yeah. doesn't come off the same way. Like, even if they said the same stuff that those guys said, but it was just somebody else with better delivery and stage presence, I think that could go a long yeah. way for them. Um, because I mean, the that, is, is that, that goes a little bit into just, like, how bad their conferences are, which we I don't want to dive fully into because that's a long conversation. But they've, I mean, not that I have any confidence in it whatsoever this year, but... They have got to get their shit together because their conferences are dog shit. Well, they've evolved the least, right? In these last, like, maybe three or four years, yeah. we've seen PlayStation evolve into this very first-party-centric, shorter show um, with some weird art pieces <laughs> thrown in there. Uh, we've seen <laughs> yeah. Xbox evolve into um, this longer show games, that's games. yeah, that's paced really great. I mean, it's as long as some of the bad Ubisoft conferences, but it's paced so well that it just boom, 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 boom. We've seen Ubisoft yep. move towards an approach of like, hey, uh, Vivendi was on our ass. We need to show you guys that we do have heart. We do have things you guys should care about. Um, yep. Like, a lot of them are evolving in EAs. Uh, whether Bethesda? you like the games they're actually talking about. Yeah, even Bethesda. But, like, with EA, it's like, it's still the conference we would expect from five to seven years ago, you know? It hasn't really evolved oh, yeah. at all. They had the drumline yeah. last year, but nobody wants to see that many Tom Brady jerseys oh, on God. stage. Um, <laughs> well, and just the drumline in general, no matter what they're wearing, is just like, who the fuck do you think you are, and what time period are you thinking this is? This is not EA 2010, or E3 2010, you know? Like, fucking get it together, man. Yeah, yeah. and like a band is something you showcase for, like, you, I could possibly see it for Anthem, or a Star Wars game. It's weird to have a, a like a music part for a sports game. It's yeah. very odd. Not that I like it, but it makes sense for Ubisoft Just Dance. You know, it makes yeah. sense in that situation. But you guys just look like jackasses over here. Yeah. Um, let's get you guys want to get to Respawn's game. So. Uh, with Respawn, we assume it's a first-person shooter because that's Respawn's pedigree. Uh, but Respawn has only ever labeled the game as an action-adventure game. Um, so, you know, people assume that it's going to be a first-person shooter because it's Respawn, but they haven't gone out and said that themselves. They've always labeled it as action-adventure. Um, the, the first time we saw it was mocap lightsaber fighting. Uh, during an earnings call in January, Blake Jorgensen, in regard to Respawn's Star Wars game, stated, while EA has not announced our products for fiscal year 2020 yet, Respawn's title most likely will drop in fiscal 2020 versus another Battlefront. Um, so basically saying we'll probably see Respawn's game before we see Battlefront 3. Uh, for those who don't know, fiscal year 2020 falls in between March 2019 and March 2020. So somewhere in that timeline, probably, I would assume, uh, early 2020. Um, and Respawn uh, stated Titanfall 3 is in active development. Um, but who knows who's exactly working on that. It seems like Star Wars is their next project. I want to know from you guys, do we expect this to be first person, even though they haven't stated as much? Um, and what do you expect from Respawn in general? For me, I just want to get it out of the way. I love Titanfall 2. Um, from a single-player perspective, I think that single-player campaign was... Sorely uh, looked over. It released at a very bad time. Uh, EA did a wonderful job of screwing that game in terms of it uh, releasing amongst a, a lot of other behemoths. Um, I think they just thought that maybe because it was something that they are publishing, it could stand out no matter what. It's kind of what we're seeing in real life uh, the last couple of weeks with Solo releasing amongst a lot of other uh, big summer blockbusters. Kind of doing the same thing in terms of revenue. Um, 
but yeah, I'm excited for Respawn. Vince Ampella is somebody, his team worked on Call of Duty uh, 4 Modern Warfare, which is my personal favorite first-person shooter of all time. I loved Infinity Ward before they left. I love Titanfall. I love Titanfall 2. I'm excited to see what they do with Star Wars. And Zampella is somebody who knows how to get a project done and completed at a high-quality caliber. So I'm, I'm very confident in this game, um, unlike some of the other Star Wars games that are in development at EA. So what about you sure. guys? I feel so, like this is where Respawn flexes their muscles. Yeah. Because they've been shit on twice with both Titanfalls. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, their, their like quality say... can actually be seen by people. Like, it's a game that will actually sell, unfortunately. Um, I, I agree with you there. It's They'll actually be able to have people respect what they can do because Titanfall, though they're great games, they don't have the market share that uh, a Star Wars game has, obviously. So I agree with you there. I'd just like to say I think it's going to be a good game either way because the studio does seem to be very solid. I haven't ever played a Respawn game, but uh, you know I, I do think that they're going to make something quality. Uh, however, I don't know if it's going to be a first-person shooter or what, but I know that I do not want to be swinging a lightsaber in first person. Um, I, got, I got love for the Jedi Knight games back in the day, but yeah, I really hope if they're not doing a first-person shooter you know, Republic Commando style or something like that, then it's uh, just a, a third-person uh, action-adventure or RPG or whatever, because I just don't think uh, lightsabers in first-person is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, following, following up your point, that doing Star Wars well is hard. Everybody sure. wants to see it, but doing it well is hard because lightsabers aren't guns, so they're not interesting. Like, they're not yeah. fun to use, unless you'd be doing it like um, Kratos' yeah. axe. You know yeah. what I mean? And so you whip it and be able to get it back again. But yeah. it, that's not what it's meant for, you know? So it, you have to be able to have gunplay feel well, because Battlefront, to me, just doesn't feel well. Like, the gunplay does not feel great. It's not, it's not done well. If they can maybe do a PvP like they do in Titanfall and bring it over to Star Wars, man, they would have a hit on their hands. Because PvP in, in Titanfall is fantastic. Raw jumping, well, running, that sort of thing. Like traversal like, is great, man. Oh, it so is. Yeah, it is. And the level design, and it's all—it's multi-level too. Like you're not just on the ground; you're up in the air, you're moving places. If they can figure out a way to get that done well in a Star Wars game, I'd be all in. And maybe make it about not about Skywalkers or whatever. Make or, it its own thing. Yeah, please. Not Jedi's I've been or saying anything. this. Yeah. I've been saying this so often recently. Can we get out of the fucking 40-year time span loop that we're in with Star Wars where it's either right before Episode 4 or up until basically Episode 9 now? Like, let's go back or forward or whatever, but, like, just get us out of this fucking loop that we're in. I'd love to see that. Sure. Yeah, and I'm interested in the vehicles, too, because controlling a Titan in Titanfall feels great, and you get, like, the... The transition from you playing in first-person shooting to getting in the Titan feels very fluid, and I'm interested to see how that plays in terms of all of the legendary Star Wars uh, vehicles, right? The the at-ats and and such. Um, it's interesting because they showed the mocap of lightsabers, but part of me wants to believe that maybe this game doesn't even super feature lightsabers or Jedi, and maybe it's about bounty hunters and troopers and the resistance, and it does center around more gunplay than it does lightsaber play, and that's featured maybe in the single player at some point, or a certain aspect of multiplayer, but it, it it's hard for me to believe that a respawn game would be primarily about lightsabers and not guns, you know? It's very yeah, interesting. but I, don't know. 
I would just like to say, other than Battlefront multiplayer, lightsabers are getting fucking no love right now anywhere in Star sure. Wars. The movies are barely about Jedis at all, even though they have them in the title. And um, there's barely any Jedis in the comics. There's um, like one fucking level where you play Luke Skywalker in the Battlefront 2 solo campaign. So I would like to see some fucking lightsaber shit because at this point it almost feels like that's not a part of Star Wars anymore, especially with Last Jedi not having uh, any lightsabers actually clashing. And so that's really uh, something that I need. Yeah, if you could craft your own hilt, that would be pretty badass. Like, that I'd be excited be. about that. Fucking yeah. let me find my own kyber crystal, yeah. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing, too, is, like, maybe Respawn, because they've worked on first-person shooters for so long, maybe this was their opportunity, like you said, to flex their muscle. And maybe because they haven't stated it's an FPS, maybe it isn't, you know? And it is action-adventure. It's it's tough to say, but it'd be hard for EA to let them create a game without using shooting mechanics, considering those tend to sell well in multiplayer spaces. Um but that'd be interesting too. What if the, all of the multiplayer doesn't center around lightsabers, but the single player is a light is a lightsaber single player game? You know, maybe they don't feature it in multiplayer, but cool. it's heavily featured in single player. It'd be cool if there was just a lightsaber mode that was like uh, multiplayer. Fruit just Ninja. Fights. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, not Fruit Ninja, but like just <laughs> mono mono lightsaber battles, or um, even like a squad of Jedi. Uh, fighting versus another squad, stuff like that could be cool. Yeah, they also have to be careful that they don't eat each other. That you're not they're they're not eating Battlefront and then massives or motives eating you know respawn. Like they have to be different mm. games. They have to be able to be diversified because if it's all kind of the same but a little different, then it's going to be too much all coming at me. I don't want to play a Star Wars game every year. I need to have a little bit of space. I think I don't think. I think Respawn, we'll get into Motive's game. I think Respawn is the closest, uh, obviously, because they've been working in silence for a while. I think that's the one we probably, if I was a betting man, I'd say that's the one we see first. Um, and then we'll get into Motive's soon. Vancouver, I don't know if that Visceral game comes out next year, Jordan. In terms of them, the way they were saying EA wants to change that game, I don't know if that happens in a year, you know? Even if a lot of EA mm. Studios are working on it, I don't know how much they want to change that game. Obviously, they're keeping a lot of the assets, but we don't know how much of that game they're changing. And yeah. they already have, like we we have Respawn's game, we have Motive's game, and we have potentially a Battlefront three. They have three games they can release before we even worry about that one. And maybe they kind of want us to forget that that was ever Visceral's game by the time it comes out. You know? Yeah, There's my no thing will, is just. But. They just need to fucking release some Star Wars games because they fumbled the shit out of this license and they've, they're they obviously, like, running scared with it. I mean, they've only released the two Battlefront games in the time that they've had it now for, what, like, five years almost? Five and out of the ten, right? Yeah. It's just... It's a ten-year ten year license? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's like, fucking put up or shut up. You're going to run out of time and... and you know, they don't all have to be the best fucking games we've ever played. Clearly, you know, with the first Battlefront, first two Battlefront games. Um, but either way, they just need to fucking release a Star Wars game that isn't called Battlefront, you know? Yeah. Let's get into the last one that we know of, which is Motive Studios game. Um, obviously, Jade Raymond runs that, formerly of uh, the Assassin's Creed franchise. It's rumored to be an open world game. Um, which is cool because it differentiates itself from what we expect from the other two Star Wars games that are currently in development. Um, what I want to know from you guys is, do you think we're going to be a Jedi in this game? 
and if so if we are jedi in this game are we a set protagonist uh, like in assassin's creed or many open world games or do you think we create our own character like in a bethesda rpg and the last thing uh, EA, uh ea's bioware montreal which was the uh mass effect andromeda team was merged into motive studios uh in last august um to kind of help with the development of this game and they just became a bigger motive studios at that point so all of these questions surrounding motive studios what do you think we can expect from it I really feel like um, this is probably the game I have the most confidence in, uh, just because I think that you know the studio is new and fresh, but it does seem like they have good people working there that know what they're doing, and at the same time, um, I think it has the most potential because I do, like we were kind of talking about with uh, Respawn, we kind of know what their deal is. Uh, you know, this is going to be Moda's first game, so... Um, this is the one that has me most excited other than what was uh, Visceral's game. I was originally most excited for that, but um, since that's being reconfigured, um, yeah, I'm definitely more excited for this because um, with it being open world, I can definitely see like a bounty hunter type game where you're, you're jumping from planet to planet, maybe even doing some smuggling, stuff like that. I'd really like uh, something like that that has maybe a character creator, maybe it is like Assassin's Creed where they already have the story written out for a certain character, but either way, I think this is uh, looking like the best potential from my perspective. Well, Yeah, when I close my... one, Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, Jade Raymond has a pretty good pedigree, too. Like, So she was a producer on Assassin's Creed. She was the executive producer on Assassin's Creed 2, which was, like, the huge turning point in that franchise. And a lot of people consider that one of the best Assassin's Creed games. And she was also the executive producer on Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell's Blacklist, which came out to really good reviews as well. Um, and that obviously has a lot of stealth elements in it. So she has a good pedigree that fits well into what we, what we expect from this game. Go ahead, Chris. Other than looking like a jackass at the Game Awards, she does seem to do pretty well for herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give me that Amy Hennig smugglers fucking Star Wars, because that's what I'm looking for. Like, I yeah. want a game where I have to hide and sneak and steal shit, and they don't know I'm coming. Star Wars and, stealth! Like, yes! That's what I want. Like, I want to be able to hide, and I don't want the crap that was in Battlefront where I was, like, hiding and ducking and dying. That wasn't real stealth. That's, like, no. garbage. I want real stuff. I want to be yeah. able to, like, have to build a ship and, like, have to figure out how I'm going to get the parts or how I'm going to, like, maybe I have to buy my way into a, a mission where I'm stealing stuff or have to, like, speak to somebody who then I have to go speak to somebody. You know, I want that kind of stuff, and okay. I want him to do it with a character that I don't know. Make me care about yeah. a new character. Yeah, I, I've got something here that might be gold. Jared, do you know? Are you aware of what a gray Jedi is? Uh, I mean, Jared? I can in, I can assume what that is. Yeah, it's basically a Jedi that was originally you know brought up in the Order and like raised as a good guy essentially, and then for whatever reason has left the Order but hasn't necessarily gone to the dark side. Uh, Ahsoka Tano is a good example of that, where she was um, betrayed and set up. Um, framed for something that she didn't do, so she had to leave the Jedi Order, but she's obviously definitely still like a good guy in the sense of the word. Um, so I could totally see where there's a game where you start out as a Jedi, so you have your lightsaber, you're part of the Jedi Order, then for whatever reason you have to leave it, and then um, at that point you're a gray Jedi, so you still have your saber, and you can still use it in certain situations, but for the most part you're trying to remain low-key and like 
you know, stealth around and shit like that. So then you'd also be using blasters and other types of weapons. I think that would be a really cool situation for a game like that. Yeah. One thing I want out of it in an open world game, they're obviously going to include some characters we already know at some point, right? Just for familiarity. Maybe, hopefully not the main character, but like obviously other characters you're into the world. I would love if in marketing... One of these characters that we run into, we never hear about, we don't know about. But in this open world, you run into this this grimy, run-down, dirty cantina, and you walk in, and somebody that you know is just sitting there at the table talking or doing something. And you can obviously go up to them and talk to them and have dialogue, but you never knew that character was in the game. You know what I mean? I want like some yeah. surprises like that yeah. where... It's these characters we know and love, but we don't know they're in the game. And just by happenstance of you exploring that area, you find them and run into them. And those are really cool water cooler moments, you know? So, If it turns out to be a bounty hunter game, I would love it if uh, the only characters that you're previously familiar with in Star Wars are other bounty hunters. Like Boba be Fett cool. or the crew from uh, Empire Strikes Back. Like... Yeah, we have cameos, but you're not going to see a fucking Skywalker, so chill the fuck out. You know, like, you're just going to see the other bounty hunters that you already know. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, also, let me see more than one of, like, a certain race. Like, the only ones we see, like, multiple characters of the same race are the more primary characters. Yeah, let me see some, like, weird other aliens that have more than one person that exist in this realm. There's Um, a bunch of them, yeah. Yeah. As much as we've kind of been burned on Star Wars, I think... We all love Star Wars enough that we just want to see a really good Star Wars game, and we still hold out some glimmers of hope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Let's close out real quick. I mean, we touched on Dragon Age earlier. I don't think it's teased. Um, I was just had it as a talking point um, because Casey Hudson obviously put on the Bioware blog that they are working on it. Um, The last thing I want to touch on before we get to the rapid fire section: Do we think EA enters the remaster realm in a uh, real way? We obviously had the Burnout Paradise um, remaster came out uh, a couple of months ago. Do we see the announcement of a Mass Effect Trilogy remaster, or a Burnout Collection, or a Dead Space Collection? Do we see any announcement? Maybe not specific games, but do we see maybe EA come out and say, like, we're committing to remasters, we, we know you guys want them, and they have, like, a logo for EA remasters. Do we, do we see some I'm going type of announcement? To, I'm going to abstain with the details until the prediction section, but I will okay. just say yes. Okay. I, I'm with you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, so I'm going to go into this rapid fire. going to go back and forth with you guys, and we can have some quick talking points of things we might see or might not see. So the first thing, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 3. This has been heavily rumored. Uh, yeah. that it, we're going to be seeing an announcement of it this year. And Peggle, Jordan, do we see either of these games, both of them? Obviously it would be Fuck a Peggle Fuck me, Peggle. Let's do it. I mean, Garden, I think Garden Warfare 3 is a lock. Fucking Peggle, bring it back. Not some stupid ass mobile game where you gotta pay every twenty minutes to keep playing. Like, give me the real ass Peggle on console on Nintendo Switch. On Switch, Let's yeah. Go. Let's go. Peggle on Switch, man. Ugh. Let's go. Um, okay. Earlier, uh, Chris, you were talking about Hazelight Studios. Um, something I yeah. wanted to talk about is after the uh, uh, the release of A Way Out, Joseph Ferris immediately took to Twitter, as he does, and he announced that they already started <laughs> working on the next game a week after A Way Out released. Uh, that game sold a million copies during its launch weekend, which is huge. Um, and Ferris is somebody who seems like a, a workaholic. He seems like he's, he's somebody who likes to just make things. Do you think that uh, – also, one, uh, one other thing I posted is the very talkative Ferris has gone silent since late April on Twitter. 
Uh, he hasn't really talked much, which seems like he might be in crunch or something, maybe for mm-hmm. an E3 trailer. I don't think we get, obviously, the way out the way out blowout, but do you think we see Joseph Ferris on EA stage this year? I used to, uh, I'll say yes. Okay. That's part of part of my prediction. Okay, but we'll yes. save it, save it, okay. Um, uh, Jordan, we know you love Dead Space, I love Dead Space, people love Dead Space. Will we see a reboot, uh, anything like that? If there's something to do with your predictions, you can save it, but do you think we see Dead Space this year? Uh, if EA's smart, which they're not, they'll stay away from Dead Space because they might get booed uh, because of, you know, shutting down Visceral. I, yeah. you know... I would like if they just waited on Dead Space because I am just a little bit too ticked off about that whole situation to to want uh, it just be too bittersweet, you know. Yeah, it's too early for even a remaster on that. That's still that would, that would still sting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so next up, a game that people have been clamoring for forever. People want Skate Four, Chris. Do we see Skate at all? Do we see a uh, skateboarding game at all we- during EA's presentation? We do see Skate 4, and again, part of my predictions. Okay. Um, the last thing the last thing is my talking point that I want to talk about personally. It's I don't think this ever will happen, but it's something that I would hope happens. So Army of Two is a franchise I love. Not a very mm. good franchise. Not a very good franchise. But I love those games because of the nostalgia they bring That's in terms some of playing. 2000, circa 2007 monster energy drink ass shit right there. Yeah, but I, I, I remember playing through that <laughs> game with my with my best friend, so it holds a lot of sure. nostalgia with me, personally. Sure. Not very good games. They're fun when you're playing with somebody else. My hope would be that because Joseph Harris seems to focus on interactions between two protagonists, that seems to be his mm. thing. He likes that. He Obviously, he had Brothers, which was fantastic. He had A Way Out, which focused on the same thing. If there was anybody to reboot Army of Two and make it matter and make it interesting, I think it would be Joseph Ferris, in my opinion. The reason that game is good at the point it is, obviously they're not great games, but it's the relationship between Rios and I forget the other character's name. It's their relationship <laughs> between one, one another that really matters, and I think that could be the selling point for a reboot of that game, making their relationship between the two matter. And I think that he could knock it out of the park because he seems to that that's his go-to and his experience is that like duo protagonist narrative so um that's just are that's there, not a prediction of mine but that's be something i'd love to see are there army of two of those or three there's two there's army of two and army of two devil's cartel gotcha yeah it just i don't think that'll ever happen i think army of two is a dead franchise but if it were to be rebooted i think ferris would be the likeliest candidate for that because it seems like he fits perfectly um with that um, let's hop into predictions. Time for uh, where where the money gets made, as they say. I don't know who says that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're gonna be talking about our predictions. Uh, I'll go first. Let's see here. I'm looking at which ones I want to I want to go with. Okay, here's here's my first prediction. We're gonna see at least two Star Wars games on stage. Okay. Damn, They're both going to get titles, which we don't know. Two them, new ones? Are they? We're not talking about Battlefront. Uh, no, 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 no. These we're going to see two of the either Motive, the Visceral canceled game, uh, or the uh, Respawn game. We're going to see two okay. Star Wars games this year, and we're going to get title reveals, and one of them is going to have gameplay. That's my prediction. So we're going to see two Star Wars games. Both are going to have titles, not just Respawn Star Wars project, and one of them will show gameplay. That's my first. So, prediction. just a side note on your prediction: the one that doesn't get gameplay is it a teaser trailer or a fucking dev diary? 
I don't think it's either. Oh. I think it's just the title. Okay. Oh, I'd please rather don't give it be that. one of those Bioware yeah, Di- I'd, Diaries. I'd, Jesus. I'd rather it be just the logo than a fucking dev diary. I, so yeah, my, this here. isn't part of my prediction, but my most likely scenario is Vince Sampella comes out, talks about Respawn's game, they show it off, have gameplay, get like a release window, right? And then Jade Raymond comes out on stage and says, we are working on an open world Star Wars game. It's Star Wars Bounty Hunter or whatever. I think she reveals the title. That's that's my prediction, okay. though. Two Star Wars games shown, both get titles, one will have gameplay. And I'll even throw in, just to make it a bit spicier, the one that has gameplay mm. will get a release window. I'll throw that in, too. What the heck? Wow, that is spicy. Yeah. Spicy. Uh, uh, Jordan, you're up next. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we had to save some of our stuff in those rapid-fire questions. And my first one is... Uh, you know, we ha- we've talked a little bit about the Burnout Paradise remaster and how well that went. Um, there are plenty of remasters that people would love to see from EA. I do think it's too soon to mess with Dead Space at all. So I think we're getting Skate Remastered Collection 1, 2, 3. Ooh, 4K okay. support. Okay. I'll add that in there. There's there's some spice. Okay. Uh, this doesn't have to be part of your prediction, but does it say, when they announce it, does it say, uh, like, Xbox One X support or PS4 Pro support, something like that? Um, it, since we're talking about the EA conference, yeah, I think it'll be supported on both of those consoles with the 4K support that I mentioned. Yeah, okay. Uh, Chris, what's your first prediction? My first prediction is um, after the senior manager hashtag Skate4 in 2017, Skate4 comes out. And in typical EA fashion, it's in collab with Tony Hawk. Oh, wow. Okay. Tony Hawk Skate. Yep. I'm thinking they bring it back out so he saves face. It's a, it, they bring it, and he's a collaborator. He's, it's not Tony, yeah, like it's not a Tony Hawk type. But he's featured you know, in it, yeah. Specific, but he's featured in it. Probably and the so cover athlete. Brings, yeah. Cover athlete, and it brings it back. So I think that's how they bring out Skate 4. Interesting. Yeah. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 was a train wreck, so he could save some face too. He turned 50 this year, too, which is crazy. God, I can't believe he turned 50. Um, So uh, you wanted to say Dom's first prediction, Jordan? Uh, It's crazy, Jared. Actually, Dom was able to join me here in studio. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just going to... Oh, God. Do you want to just... you want to read your first prediction? Oh, boy! Here we go! Make it understandable. Star Wars game revealed. (laughs) Cinematic trailer. Single player and multiplayer. Third person shooter. Story about a bounty hunter. No release date window given. Dom, I think I can at least see that possibly happening. I'll allow it. For for clarity for the listeners, we might have to let have Dom try a different voice next time, just so it's a little uh, bit more understandable. Dom, Jared, hey, well, your prediction just came true because that was already he told me that he's going to do a different voice for everyone. <laughs> good, good, good. Something that's a little bit more understandable for those who didn't understand. Uh, Dom's first prediction is that Respawn Star Wars game is revealed with a cinematic trailer. It'll have single player and multiplayer. It'll be third person. Uh, it'll be a shooter. And it'll be a story about a bounty hunter, but there will be no release window. Yeah, um, that's what I heard. <laughs> so my second prediction here. Hmm, interesting, interesting. What am I going to go with? I had a Skate 4 one. I don't want to step on other people's toes. It's different than yours, Chris, but I don't want to, I don't want to go head-to-head with you on that one necessarily. Um... What am I going to go Chris, with? Chris, real quick, if if it's the Tony Hawk Skate thing, is it still called mm-hmm. Skate 4? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Featuring, fe- Skate 4 featuring Tony Hawk. Like, it gotcha. basically cover, cha- cover cover of him. 
Okay, here's what I'm gonna say. Uh, Battlefield Five. We're going to. And eh, no, I'm not, I don't. I'm not feeling that one. Here's what we get. Oh shit. Here's what we get. We're gonna see Anthem. We're gonna see the reveal of the of a city. We saw like that weird little market area. We're actually gonna see the city it belongs to or, or whatever that is. We're gonna see the reveal of a city. We're gonna see gameplay, a gameplay demo, and we're gonna have a raid or boss. Like a big enemy is gonna be teased during EA stage, but they're gonna be like. To see more, tune into the Microsoft Showcase tomorrow at yada yada yada. You know what they did last year, so that's my that's my prediction. We're gonna get a reveal of a of a city area. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be called a city, but you know, like a non-combat zone, like a big non-combat zone. Uh, we're gonna get a gameplay demo. We're gonna get a raid or boss tease. Uh, that's gonna be said. That's gonna we're gonna see more Xbox stage. That's my second prediction. Uh, Jordan, okay. what's yours? So, uh, since we've definitely talked a lot about the Star Wars games, there is going to be a Star Wars game that uh, gets gets talked about. Um, and so what's going to happen is there will be a Star Wars trailer that begins with the ignition of a lightsaber. So, you know, the they'll, they'll do some other thing beforehand with some other game, and then everything will go quiet, the screen will go dark, and then all of a sudden you just hear... And then it'll go into the, the whole trailer. So specifically, there will be a trailer that begins with the ignition of a lightsaber. Bonus points. What nice. color is the lightsaber? Green. Okay. Good call. Uh, Chris, what's your second prediction? Uh, my second prediction is that EA prods out Joseph Ferris as a marketing machine for EA Originals. He gives one of those whole fuck the Oscars things again. <laughs> ha ha ha. Everybody laughs. Uh, but no mention of anything more than what than that about his, what he's working on. Um, when I watched him on uh, when he was talking to Ryan McCaffrey and unfiltered, he said that he usually keeps to himself before he d- divulges any projects. So I mean, he might have said that he's working on something, but all directors are working on stuff. So I think you don't hear a peep about what he's working on next. Okay, well you do think he comes out on stage though, and it does yeah, the yeah. Oh yeah, thing. he's there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they like they they honestly they got a ton of publicity out of that. I can't imagine he's. He's the reason why EA Originals is doing so well. You know they're what I mean? So they're going to bring him back. They'll milk it. They'll bring him back on Imagine soon. a world where he hosted their entire show. That would, Jesus that would be awesome. <laughs> He's a little too grating but, for that. But, but guys. But guys. Like every two seconds. Like, yeah. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Jordan, can you have Dom tell us what uh, the his second prediction is? Buddy, you, re- you ready for your second one? Oh, okay. Battlefield 5 presenter will explicitly mention the importance of women in World War II. Parenthesis, Ben Shapiro YouTube clip goes viral, attacking the game's stratagem. I don't. I don't think we need to necessarily include that second part. That's because obviously the predictions are only about what happens at the show, uh, but it's a funny addition there from Dom, which we would expect. Uh, you know, he's a political guy. What, what can we say? I think this is interesting. We've seen them kind of double down on it in social media, and I could definitely see that being part of their E3 uh, presentation now too, where they double down on it and are like, women, you know, like screw you, neckbeards who are mad that a woman's on the cover of a video game. Um, which is funny because like women have been on the cover of like Medal of Honor and other. It's it's the whole thing is a dumb conversation for another day. But I do agree with them that they probably do lean into that as well. Um, and sh- are like, yeah, women in World War Two matter. I wouldn't even be surprised if the vignette they showcase is one of the female characters um, in one of the female yeah. vignettes. Um, but yeah, I think that's a pretty solid prediction. Um, 
I'm next, right? My Thank you, one. Jared. Okay, my last one's gonna be for Madden. Uh, Madden 19. I think we get a sequel, maybe not a sequel, but we do get single player. Um, I don't know if that's gonna be Follow a sequel up to, to Long Shot. Yeah, but I don't think in the way that we expect. I don't think it's gonna be a continuation yeah. of this character right. story from one. I think it's gonna be a different yeah. character. Um, I think just like the first one that had, I always mess up his first name, Marsh Marshahala Ali. Mahershala. Mahershala from Moonlight. Well, it actually, it's Mahershala. Mahershala Ali was in the yeah. first one, and he's a, a very good actor. I think we're going to see the same thing, where there's going to be an actor that we don't expect to be in a Madden single-player game in this. Um, on top of the fact that I think we're going to have a rookie cover athlete again, like we did with Vince Young. That turned out also great. Um, uh, I just think that there's a lot of... There's a lot of rookies in this rookie class that uh, people are clamoring for and have a lot of popularity entering the NFL. Um, I could e- easily see Saquon Barkley being on the cover, even though Odell was on it a couple of years ago. Um, they wouldn't put Johnny Man- uh, Johnny Manziel, Jesus Christ, Freudian slip. They wouldn't put uh, uh, Baker Mayfield on the cover because uh, the uh, somebody a Browns player on the cover won't be won't be good. But there's some there's some rookies in there that could potentially see the cover treatment. Um, I would love if Julio Jones is potentially on the cover. He's somebody that never gets enough love for as good as he is. But my prediction specifically, single player returns, rookie cover athlete. They're going to tell Xbox One X improvements again. They're going to be heavily pushed. They're going to be like, look how this game looks on Xbox One X. The best. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my third prediction. Jordan? All right, so this one's... Uh... I guess it's not too safe because it could go either way. Uh, I think there will be three brand new EA originals. Dang. Um, that I could include Ra- Unravel 2 uh, being a sequel, but it's not going to be like, um, you know, DLC for a way out or something like that. It's going to well, be three un- new games. Unravel 2 was already stated as being in development, but you what you mean is it being on stage for the first time. Like three games that we haven't seen on stage yeah. for EA originals. Okay. Yeah, not necessarily something we haven't heard of. Just something that it, like Unravel Two is still new. You know. Yeah. Um, Even see a solitude so, in some some aspects because we haven't seen that on stage either. Yeah. Did they announce it during an E three press conference though? No, they announced it during a PR release. Same thing with Unravel Two. We just knew that we found out it was in development in twenty sixteen. Neither of those okay. were on E3. Well, yeah, seasons. this kind of that kind of changes because uh, that uh, makes it an even safer bet. Um, okay, then I'll add some spice to it as we've been doing. The third game, since it seems like we already know the first two, the third game is going to be a rhythm game. A rhythm game. All right. Three. Three new EA originals on stage, and the third one, well, I'll just say at least one of one them, of them. <laughs> will be, uh, one of them will be a rhythm game. Nice. Chris, your third and final prediction. I think that EA is late to the ball game with VR, and I think they're going to have VR in FIFA. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> I don't see that not I, well, happening, it's just very weird. <laughs> It is weird, but I think that it's their longest standing and their best selling uh, property. And so I think that that's the one that they put the most investment into. Whether it's like a goalie mode or something, I mean, or like, you know, goals on, uh, like that overtime kicking and stuff like that. Whatever they're going to do with it, but I, I feel like they'll have a VR mode. Will it be... I would say, 
Will it be tattered if, with yeah, PS? Gets... Sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Jared, please let me speak. <laughs> I think if uh, VR is done by EA, it'll be added to Battlefront 2's multiplayer. Ugh, gross. Go ahead, Jared. Uh, I was just going to say that, do you think that when they show, if they show FIFA VR, do you think it'll have uh, PSVR attached to it? I would almost certainly guess that it would have PSVR attached to it. I think that they there's just, PSVR is already, is already looking for some wins, and so that's a, that's a surefire one for them too. So, hey, we're going to have it, and then we'll talk about it on you know playstation stage or what however however it works yeah is that just such a weird combination though because though fifa is like their biggest seller i don't know what the crossover is between people who love playing fifa that also are invested in like a systems ecosystem enough to buy a psvr you know i don't know how much those crossover because to me like the psvr crowd are the are the people who are first party um play like playstation exclusives and indies and like love playstation whereas there's tons of people who own a PS4 that just buy FIFA and don't really play anything else, you know? Um, but I, I agree with you that if they're going to do the VR commitment, that seems like a likely candidate. I think Star Wars 2 is probably a likely candidate. We did see, wasn't there like a Starfighter thing for the first Battlefront? Or was it Battlefront 2 that was Yeah, VR? a little, little VR for you VR yeah, was experience. It? Sure, yeah. yeah. Let's real quick. Real quick. Uh, okay, um, let's see here. Uh, Jordan, what's uh, Dom's last prediction? <laughs> So, Dom, this one right here. Okay. Dead Space 4 is teased. Short, inconclusive cinematic trailer with Loco at the end. Yeah, this one is probably his most outlandish one. I don't see in any world that we see Dead Space 4. I think the next time we see Dead Space is either a remaster or a reboot. I don't think they'd ever make a Dead Space 4. My yeah. opinion. I, if- I, I agree. If it's this exact situation, though, it could actually be kind of cool if they just teased it with a logo. I mean, like I said, it's still going to be bittersweet, but they, like, tease it with a logo slowly fading in, and you're just hearing, like, crackling voices, kind of like the start of Infinity War, where it's just, like, uh, SOS calls, and, like, somebody's clearly getting just torn apart by a fucking, um, was it a necromancer? Is that right? No. What are they called? Oh. It's been so long. It's been too long, EA. <laughs> it makes sense if they did it kind of like kind of like Necromorphs. Yeah. If they did it like Metroid, that makes sense. Like if they just throw, flash the title and they're like, "Hey, by the way, it's in production." Yeah. Whatever. We're not going to talk about it for a while. Metroid I just think the style. visceral thing yeah. stings too much. Like if we're not going to see the the EA Vancouver game, I don't know if we'll see Dead Space. I don't know. EA. Yeah, I know. That's thinking that EA really cares. I don't know if EA, EA is like, here's Dead Space 4. In their there mind, it's like, go. we close Visceral. We're just going to show Dead Space 4, anyways. Um, when I was talking about um, how they're going to blow smoke up their own ass about how much they're about the players and shit, bonus prediction from me they introduce a. Uh, what do you want to call it? Like a, um, an initiative called EA Cares. Oh, it's God. all about the players. Well, they it's I thought the they had an initiative last year for charity that I think was called wasn't it called EA? It's called EA something. They donated a million dollars to charity. It's, I don't remember okay. what it's called. You want some spice on that bonus prediction? It's called EA gives a shit. God. Um <laughs> out of my other... I could see them do it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say I could see them doing something on Xbox's stage where they backwards compat all of the, the Mass Effect trilogy in Up 4K. Well, they're already backwards compatible. 
Yeah, I was gonna say I think they are. But but they're not but they're not 4K upres, right? No, no, they're not Xbox One X. So they so they, so I think they can be, so they can be X, yeah. Xbox One X compatible is what I, is so they can have instead of doing a remaster, we'll give you the the 4K treatment. Yeah, I don't know. EA is EA is interesting. Um, yeah, I had some other uh, predictions I didn't get to. None of them were were as spicy. There was some stuff that you guys said too that kind of. Uh, I had one about Battlefield Five and Battle Royale, and I had a couple other ones, but nothing too crazy. Um, I think that's it for the show. Thank you guys for listening to our E3 predictions for EA. Thank you, Chris, for joining us once again. Glad to have you back. Um, if you can, can you please let people know where they can find you on the internet? Yep, uh, they can find me on Twitter at Toferoons, um, and that's pretty much where I'm at for right now. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Dom will be back in the next uh, E3 predictions episode. He just wasn't able to be on this week. Uh, today and uh yeah we'll catch you guys in the next one looking forward to e3 all of the surprises coming along hopefully nothing gets leaked before the shows but who knows have a couple of days until then see you guys next time